All right. It's good to see you today. Hope that you have had a good week so far. Welcome to our Thursday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. Uh, we are in the book of Job. Again, my name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin. And as we continue this chronological walk uh, through the Bible, we've reached the, the book of Job. Um, not necessarily because we, we don't know when the book was written and we don't have a historical timeline. Uh, so we are using it in this time of, of wisdom, uh, especially as the people of Israel are now returning back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, eventually rebuild the walls, all of that. Um, they've been going through some rough times. And so the wisdom of Job that we find in Job is very important. Remember, we kind of set the stage uh, on Tuesday that the the conventional wisdom, the worldly wisdom, was that if you uh, did what was right, um, then you would be rewarded. If you did what was wrong, you would be punished. Um, and the book of Job uh, demonstrates that that is, that is not fully accurate, um, right? That, that we, we live in a, a fallen world. So we have all of these bad things that have happened to Job. Um, he is considered to be blameless and upright before the Lord. And, and now uh, uh, Satan has done all of these things to try to turn Job against God. Uh, Job has not cursed God. Uh, he has remained faithful. He has kept his integrity, um, but he is struggling. Uh, he is certainly struggling with uh, the loss of his family, the loss of his uh, financial security, uh, the loss of his health. Uh, all of those things are clearly weighing on Job. So now he is uh, trying to to find his way through this. And remember, he has three friends that show up that start off kind of being good friends to him, uh, but then they start talking. And what they say is not helpful. Um, we left in chapter five um, with uh, with his, his friend Eliphaz uh, basically uh, telling him, um, hey, you know, if you if you live right, things go well for you. So clearly something's wrong. Uh, you have you must have something that you have done uh, that is causing this. And Job uh, is is very frustrated with this. So in chapter six, we'll go six through uh, eleven today, and uh, Job responds to his friend um, and talks about his his grief and basically says, man, you're a really bad friend. <laughs> so chapter six, verse 14 says, to him who is afflicted, kindness should be shown by his friend. Even though he forsakes the fear of the almighty, my brothers have dealt deceitfully like a brook, like the streams of the brook that pass away. Um, he goes on, what he's talking about is, uh, you know, there were streams that would have water flowing through them at some point. And it, it would be like if if you were a caravan coming up to that stream, expecting it to have water to be refreshing um, and to restore, um, that that stream was dry, how disappointed you would be. Well, he's kind of saying that about his friends. He said, you know, you should be here to uh, restore me, to encourage, to, to bring hope. And yet you are like a dry stream and uh, that there is you are not bringing any <laughs> any hope uh, to me. Uh, he said, uh, verse 24, he says, teach me and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. How forceful are right words. But what does your arguing prove? Do you intend to rebuke my words and the speeches of the desperate one, which are as when? Yes, you overwhelm the fatherless and undermine your friend. Now, therefore, be pleased to look at me. For I would never lie to your face. Yield now. There, let there be no, no injustice. 
Yes, concede my righteousness still stands. Is there injustice on my tongue? Cannot my taste discern the unsavory? So what is he saying to his friend? He's like, I'm not lying to you. Why would I lie to you? You're just assuming that I'm lying because I'm I, I'm not acknowledging that I have anything to repent of. Um, and But the, the again, the traditional wisdom, and honestly, it's a wisdom that we hold today, kind of karma goes with this, right? That, uh, that, uh, if we're going to, if we do good things, good things will happen. If we do bad things, bad things may happen. Um, and Job was like, that, that is not what is happening here. I have not sinned against God. I have not been unrighteous. Um, and his friends refuse to acknowledge that. And, uh, he's, he's pleading with them to take his word. Um, chapter seven, just, kind of goes into to Job talking to, to God about how he is comfortless, that his suffering is is really wearing on him. Uh, verse 6, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is a breath. My eye will never see good again. Uh, verse 11, Therefore I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I a sea or sea serpent that you set a guard over me? when? When I say my bed will comfort me, my couch will ease my complaint. Then you scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions, right? I mean, he is just being tormented again, because he lives in this misunderstanding of wisdom. And now it's being challenged. Uh, His understanding of how things work is now being challenged. And he is, Job is, is struggling, but he is not turning his back on God. And that's always important to know, even as he's crying out, frustrated to God, basically saying, God, what are you doing? This is unfair. He is not turning his back on God. It says uh, verse 17, what is man that you should exalt him, that you should set your heart on him, that you should visit him every morning and test him every moment? Now, this is interesting. Back in Psalms, uh, there's the passage that says, what is man that you are mindful of him? And it's said in a positive light, you know, that that God is so great and he is the creator of all. Why is he mindful of us? Uh, well, because he loves us. He's created us. Well, Job is going the opposite way. It's like, why are you doing this to me? Why do you care? Uh, why are you causing all of this bad stuff to happen to me? Um, so so Job, he's at a bad spot right now where he's, he's questioning everything. It uh, continues on. It says, how long will you not look away from me and let me alone till I swallow my saliva? Have I sinned? What have I done to you, O watcher of men? Why have you set me as your target so that I'm a burden to myself? Why then do you uh, not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I will lie down in dust and will be and will seek me diligent and you will seek me diligently, but I will no longer be. He said, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I don't know what I've done wrong. Again, the reason that he's going through such deep grief and pain is because he actually is misunderstanding the way that God works. Um, and, and he is going to learn that. Uh, but he is struggling uh, to, to find that because, again, his, his premise is, uh, is wrong. So then you have the next fr- friend, Bildad, uh, that jumps off in, into Job, and he just kind of goes right into it and says, Job, uh, you need to repent. It says, uh, um, verse 3, does God subvert judgment or does the Almighty pervert judge- justice? 
If your sons have sinned against him, he has cast them away for their transgression. If you would earnestly seek God and make your supplication to the Almighty, if you were pure and upright, surely now he would awake for you and prosper your rightful dwelling place. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. So he's saying if you would just uh, repent, God will restore all that you had, right? You will be abundant again because the reason you were abundant before is because you were being faithful to God. Now you must be, uh, now because obviously you're not being faithful to God, that's the reason all this bad stuff has happened. Again, that's the false wisdom, the worldly wisdom that Job's friends are coming and that Job has too, which is why, again, he struggles so much. And then Job chapter 9, um, to, to answer that, says, uh, Truly I know it is so, but how can a man be righteous before God? If one wished to contend with him, he could not answer him uh, one time out of a thousand. God is wise in heart, mighty in strength, who has hardened himself against him and prospered. Um, he says, How then can I answer him and choose my words to reason with him? For though I were righteous, I could not answer him. I would beg, beg mercy of my judge. If I called and he answered me, I would not believe that he was listening to my voice, for he crushes me with a tempest. Uh, verse 21, I am blameless, yet I do not know myself. I despise my life. It is all one thing. Therefore, I say he destroys the blameless and the wicked. If the scourge slays suddenly, he laughs at the plight of the innocent. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covers the faces of his judges. If he is not he, who else could it be? Verse 32, for he is not a man as I am, uh, that I may answer him and that we should go to the court together, nor is there any mediator between us. Who may lay his hand on us both? Let him take the rod away from me. Uh, it's kind of interesting talking about the need for a mediator, the need for a savior, a need for an advocate. Well, God does send that, doesn't he? Um, but Job is, again, coming from this misunderstanding. He is now at a place where he's starting to question, saying, I guess God just wipes out the blameless and the unrighteous alike. Um, he's starting to question some of the goodness of God. Um, uh, now, he's again, he's not turning his back on God. He is not sinning against God, but he is definitely struggling. So in Job chapter uh, chapter 10 talks about how he would plead. He's pleading with God, pleading with God to, to answer him. Uh, uh, verse 13, and these things you have hidden in your heart. I know that this was with you. If I sin, uh, then you mark me. Uh, you will not acquit me of this iniquity. If I'm wicked, woe to me. Even if I am righteous, I cannot lift up my head. I am full of disgrace. See my misery. If my head is exalted, uh, you hunt me like a fierce lion. And again, you show yourself awesome against me. You renew your witnesses against me and increase your indignation towards me. Changes and war ever within me. And then he really ends on a low note. Verse 21, before I go to the place from which I shall not return, um, there's a land of darkness and the shadow of death, a land as dark as darkness itself, as the shadow of death without any order, where even the light is like darkness. Right? So there's passages in Psalms that talk about where, uh, where God brings uh, light into the darkness. Now Job, because he has a misunderstanding and, he is of, of, and uses worldly wisdom, not godly wisdom, 
he gets to the point where he is questioning everything about God. He's questioning whether God brings light or maybe God is bringing darkness. Maybe God is just against uh, all of us because he, he acknowledges that we are not righteous. Right? So he knows that none are fully righteous, but he knows that he is striving to be righteous. And, and so he is, he is beginning to question everything that he knows and understands about God. Job chapter 11 uh, is uh, we're going to end on this. So the the third friend decides he's going to come and help after uh, Job has been saying all of this stuff. And uh, and he starts right off, says, For you have said, uh, verse 4, My doctrine is pure and I am clean in your eyes, but oh, that God would speak and open his lips against you, that he would show you the secrets of wisdom, for they would double your prudence. Know therefore that God exacts from you less than your iniquity deserves. So again, he's saying you've done something wrong. You need to repent. Um, God is holding you accountable for something. Um, And then he throws this in. It says, verse 7, Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol, what can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. So he's, he, he starts talking about how we don't understand God fully. He is beyond our understanding, yet he is coming at it and not willing to examine the basic premise of worldly wisdom, that the good are rewarded, that the bad are punished, right? And that there's no nuance there. And they just couldn't believe how someone that is good would have to go through the thing that Job is going through. Um, and, and so ironically, he's telling Job, well, you just don't understand God and that you just have to accept it and you have to repent and all of this, um, when he's actually the one not understanding God, right? Uh, maybe a little humility there. Um, verse 13, he says, if you would prepare your heart, stretch out your hands toward him, if iniquity were in your hand and you put it far away and would not let wickedness dwell in your tents, then surely you could lift your, up your face without spot. Yes, you could be steadfast and not fear because you would forget your misery and remember it as waters that have passed away. And your life would be brighter than noonday. Though you were dark, you would be like the morning and you would be secure because there is hope. Yes, you would dig around you and take your rest and safety. You would also lie down and no one would make you afraid. Yes, you would court your favor, but the eyes of the wicked will fail and they shall not escape, and their hope is the loss of life. So basically he is saying, Job, you are a wicked person. You've done something, and you have to repent of that if you're if God is ever going to change and, and, uh, and bless you again. Um, man, that's a, what a tough place for Job to be, because he knows, he's like, no, I haven't done anything um, other than just being human, and he acknowledges that. Uh, but he is not directly sinned or out of God's will. Um, and so this is causing all kinds of problems for Job, um, and it will cause problems for the friends as well. So on Tuesday, let's read uh, Job uh, chapters 12 through 17, at least 17. We may get to 18. Uh, but read those next few, and we will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend.